one time or another, every other doctor you meet wanted to quit. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I'm excited to have uh, Tom Burns. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing great, Todd. How are you? I'm fantastic. And actually, Dr. Burns. Uh, so Dr. Burns is a principal at private equity at a private equity real estate firm in Austin, Texas, a physician for the U.S. ski team and an author of the book, Why Doctors Don't Get Rich. And we're going to have to dive into that because I think there's uh, there, there's plenty of truth to that. Most doctors I know Um that's the truth. So uh, Tom has for over 25 years, has over 25 years of real estate uh, experience with multiple asset types and has acquired or developed $400 million of real estate locally and internationally. Um, man, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. Internationally too, uh, Tom. So we actually just talked about uh, a place you had in, in Africa. So yeah. uh, good stuff. So Tom, uh, I'm, there's a lot more about your bio. There's a lot more stuff you've done. So why don't you dive in a little bit more? Um, you know, what have you done and, um, and, and what are you doing today? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I just, you know what? I grew up as a guy playing sports and I uh, thought, you know, that's what I was going to do, right? Every kid has that dream. And yeah. there came, came a point where life uh, let me know that nobody was going to pay me to play sports. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I ended up, you know, I was good in school. That was, you know, that was easy for lack of a better way to put it. And so I decided to be an orthopedic surgeon and be a sports guy. So that way I could hang around with the people I was used to hanging around with. So that's what I did. Yep. Went through all the training and it was, you know, a bunch of years of training and, uh, you know, and then went on and, you know, did my doctor thing. But if you kind of back up a little bit during my training it was sort of Near the end of my training, I kind of saw the guys that were training me and realized, you know, I didn't necessarily want their money if I had to have their life. They weren't that happy. These were the doctors that were 20, 30 years older than I am. Yeah. Uh, and so not knowing anything, really, I just knew maybe it might be nice to do something else, something that might bring in some some money the outside of the medical world. In addition to, landing. right? Pardon me? In addition to what? To, in to addition to, yeah. 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 And so that's kind of where I started my educational journey. I just learned as much as I could and went on and was sort of playing doctor and playing newbie real estate guy at the same time. <clears throat> and, what kind uh, of real estate were you buying when you first started? Was it just like single you know, families? I think my, my first property was a, a student condominium at the University of Texas. There you go. A huge fan of condos, but that's what I bought at the time. I got real yeah. good at it and bought lots of them. Uh, and that, of course, morphed into complexes and apartment complexes and Met some other people, did some office buildings, uh, you know, met some more partners, formed a company. So, you know, it's just like all of us. It's just a growth process. So yeah. I did the two in parallel. I uh, loved what I did as a doctor. It was really fun. And, uh, you know, over time, as, as I was I was learning to be, you know, learning to be the best orthopedic surgeon I could, I was also learning how to be a, you know, pretty good creator of passive income because it wasn't always real estate. Uh, you know, all I wanted was some kind of money coming in that wasn't correlated with medicine that maybe I didn't have to work for, you know, hour at a time. Yep. And, uh, then I ran across a book that I really enjoyed. I ran across Robert's book, uh, rich dad, poor dad. 
And that sort of crystallized the term passive income for me. So I just did those two things at the same time. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was a period when I, I realized, you know, I had a little bit of money coming in from this other stuff. And I started taking little bits of time off. You know, my, I tell everybody my first time off was Friday afternoon. I used to do surgery in the morning. You kind of take a breath. You're all excited about, you know, having helped some folks and done good surgery. And then you realize, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I got office now. So I cut out that Friday afternoon office. And I'll tell you, you talk about freedom and financial freedom. It was liberating just to have four hours extra <laughs> off on a Friday afternoon. Uh, that really gave me the bug. I just kind of kept doing that. And the scales just sort of changed like this. And, you know, there came a point where I was making more in my uh, sort of real estate business operations than I was as an orthopedic surgeon. I realized that one day without really looking for it. And then I, I kept practicing for another 12 years after that because I really did enjoy my job. So I've mm -hmm. since retired, but that was kind of the whole process. And I've met a lot of good people along the way and had a lot of people help me, a lot of good partners and mentors and things like that. That's great. That's great. And you you were or you're still a doctor for the U.S. ski team? I still am. Uh, you know, crazy enough, I was scheduled to go to Beijing the last two years and COVID kind of put a crimp on that. So I uh, haven't been on a trip in the last year and a half, two years. But, uh, you know, all the all my guys are over there jumping in the air. I take care of the freestyle team, the guys that jump up oh. in the air and do all the twists. And, yeah, you take care of the the, the ones that get hurt. Oh, yeah, I take man. care of crazy ones. Crazy ones, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's a, that's a fun journey. So, so take me through a little bit. So you start buying condos, uh, you said yeah. some apartments, um, some office stuff right now, what's your company right now focused on doing, uh, are you still act pretty actively, uh, buying you, you retired from the doctor. You're still pretty active in the real estate. Yeah, very, I've, you know, gotten more and more active over time and now it's leveraged mm -hmm. out nicely. We, we have a whole team in the company. Um, yeah. you know, when I started, it was, you know, me, myself and I, right. And I was, yeah, I was right. buying things and I bought, I didn't care what it was. You know, if you look at, and I'll, I'll go back again, rich dad, poor dad has this income statement and balance sheet. And on the bottom left of the graphic, if people have ever read the book, which I think like 45 million of them have, um, yeah, a couple of people on the bottom left thing called the asset column. All I wanted was stuff that went in the asset column that gave me a, a dollar or more, uh, in passive income. So sure. I bought notes, I bought, uh, real estate, you know, small and gas stuff, you know, I didn't care whatever it was, it would provide some income, but so started with condos, uh, you know, and I bought, you know, I bought another little ugly, I never did the single family home thing. I, I had that one time, but the reason I bought that was there was an AT&T cell tower in the backyard and that took care of everything. So whatever came from the houses was gravy. Uh, over time, I got quite a few of those. I got really good at that market to where I could buy things sight unseen. I just knew what was a good deal. Uh, I always tell the story. I bought one. I had patient full. I had an office full of patients. Walked out the back door, bought a condo, walked back. Patients never knew I left. Um, that was uh, <laughs> efficiency of time, right? Yeah, so, right. So, they're, they're, so I, you know, as you're in the market, when people realize you can close, they start bringing you more deals. And then when a lot of people realize that, Hey, this guy's buying stuff, people want to come partner. And, you know, so the natural order of things is that you sometimes develop partners, uh, the project scale. So that went to buying 40 unit complexes and, you know, things were going along pretty well. I owned, owned various things. And uh, there came a point when I just felt like there weren't any podcasts at the time as, as I age myself here. 
but you know, there was stuff to read. I there was, was no podcast at the time when I started in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, it's a new, and they're awesome. They're, I, I've got a list of podcasts this long on my phone, but um, I just learned everywhere I could. And I felt like I was, felt like I was kind of bumping up against a ceiling by myself. So I wanted some help. I had a good friend that I'd vacationed with that he was a developer. He was in the real estate world. And I went to him one day and said, look, I like what you do. Will you teach me? And he, you'll find, you'll laugh. He laughed at me and he goes, you're a rich doctor. You don't need to know this stuff. So but I did it anyway. And so I worked for free for him, uh, probably for 18 months or more, almost okay. two years doing build to suits, land deals, land entitlement, looking for land for banks and hospitals. And so I, I kind of got my got some good education there and that morphed into a really large medical complex that he and I built together and we still mm. own. Uh, and so I kind of learned that, that side of the business. And then I was speaking for somebody in early to like 2001, I was, I was on stage speaking and the uh, moderator said, hey, this is Tom Burns, you know, he's from Austin, Texas. And at the break, a nice couple came up and introduced themselves. They were moving from California to Austin and wanted me to be their contact. And, you know, I got to know this guy over about six or seven years and turned out we kind of had very similar thought processes and ideals. And that's my current partner in Presario Ventures, which is the private equity company that you mentioned. So yeah. it just stair-stepped. I don't know it was long. It just stair-stepped. And so, you know, now we do pretty large apartment complexes. So the, the private, explain the, pri the private equity. A lot of people don't really understand what that, what that means. What, what's, yeah, so, what do you mean by you know, private you, equity? Yeah, it's sort of a combination syndication group, private equity. So we, you know, private equity gathers money from elsewhere and, and deploys it to various, various projects. Mm -hmm. uh, we started originally just doing our own things. Uh, again, back then the term syndicator didn't exist either. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me how I started my syndication business. I said, I didn't know I started one. I just ran out of money and needed me needed money from somebody <laughs> just else. Started so, raising, I started raising capital from other people. Please give me money. Yeah. I still got scars on my knees for begging for money. In 2000. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, um, you know, so we, so we, we deploy money to, to other projects as LP equity and often we'll, we'll do our own projects where we're the general partner. So it's sort of a hybrid private equity syndication shop. So uh, we started, started actually started an iteration of it in 2008. It was had a different name uh, and we did some projects there and then basically just uh, renamed it and brought in, brought in more employees uh, probably about five or six years ago. And so now we, we focus mostly in Texas. We were in New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. We divested of the uh, foreign assets, we'll call them. And there's enough business for us in Texas. We developed multifamily. We bought some, but it's been quite a few years since uh, you know the metrics flipped on us to where we we prefer the development model. So, and our our DNA is built in development. And most of the contractors and developers and land people and debt guys they know us. So that's what we do. We build apartments. Why? Why developing versus purchasing something that's already pre-existing and maybe adding value through through that phase? Why why does development attract you more? Right, and it's not that one's better than the other. Yeah, it's just that that's kind of where our DNA ended up getting getting built. Uh, you know, two thousand eight, we built our two thousand eight nine, we built our first project right in the middle of the recession, which was a story in and of itself. Yeah, that that so had to been interesting. It was, yeah, our debt left us and everything. It was, it was crazy. But um, 
so we did that and we pretty much had to keep our, our hands on the reins for that project because it was coming out of a recession and that was our biggest project to date. So we didn't, you know, we wanted to make sure that did well. Uh, then we started looking at other projects and we did buy some in the value add world, uh, but they, uh, the developments kept coming our way because people knew us for that. And so as, you know, cap rates compressed, uh, you know, I mean, it's, there's been plenty of value add projects that we wish we had about four or five years ago would have done fine. Uh, yeah. At the time, we thought the metrics were a little tight. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we don't feel too bad missing deals because we'd rather, you know, we'd rather not do a bad, we'd rather not do a deal and do a bad deal. So yeah. for us, it's more uh, familiarity, expertise. Uh, you know, we've got people in our shop. We've got two people in our shop that have, you know, combined close to 20 years of value add experience with billion dollar companies. And, um, you know, just for us, for us, the value add is to take a raw piece of land and add value by putting something on top of it. Are you building, are you developing in uh, Austin or kind of all around in, in Texas? It's it's all over Texas and we're looking at Florida, um, which is another state that we would move to. We like yep. the demographics and the, you know, the trends there, but yeah. uh, you know, we don't, we're not, inter, we're not urban core folks. You know, we're not going to compete with the, those folks. Yep. Uh, we're, we're suburban, uh, you know, um, secondary market. So I tell people our business plan is interstate 35 and I think it runs right through your town. Oh yeah. You know, it cuts the yeah. country in half. And uh, you know, if you look at a satellite view, that's where all the lights are in Texas, except for looking at Houston. So we, we do have a project or two in Houston. Most of our stuff stretches from North Texas down to South of San Antonio. Uh, and there's plenty of business. A lot of people are moving here. The population's growing, the jobs are growing like crazy. And so that, that bodes well for the next, you know, decade or so. Hey, the North Star Real Estate Conference is back. It's May 2nd and 3rd, and this year it's a bit different. We're going to be hammering in on multifamily real estate, and we're going to show you asset management, value-add strategies, raising millions of dollars through syndication, and how to find those hidden gems in today's market that are just so tough to find. And one of the biggest things I'm excited to bring you is industry experts that you're going to be able to put on your team so you can hit the ground running day one. So join us. May 2nd and 3rd at the North Star Real Estate Conference. Look forward to seeing you there. You got a lot of questions I want to ask you. Um, first, let's let's just dive into a little bit these high paying professionals, doctors in, in your case, obviously. But, uh, you know, you mentioned you're getting trained by these doctors and you're seeing and they're, they're probably stressed out. They're probably just don't have a just don't have a life outside of it. Um, and right. they're likely not investing anywhere really. Um, there's a lot of professionals like that, whether it's doctors, whether it's uh, attorneys, a lot, a lot of what, I mean, do you have, are you talking to those types of people? Are you trying to bring them along? Um, what do you, what's your thought on, on, you know, I guess interaction with them and, and, you know, how can you help them or how, how do you help them? Maybe yeah, it's, it's something so in it, uh, it's actually, it was sort of an organic story. Um, yes, I do talk to those people all the time now. Uh, and that's the reason I'm not in medicine now. And so this, as the story goes, uh, my friend Robert Kiyosaki said, Hey, you ought to write a book. You have a story. I didn't think I had much of a story, I wrote the book. Uh, but in the process of trying to do a good job, I was interviewing other doctors and, you know, remember I had money starting to come in long time yeah. ago. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't Richard Branson, but I had some money coming in. Yeah. Uh, so my medical life was really fun. 
And as I start to interview a lot of the people, I realize how many of them were unhappy. You know, the burnout rate's 50%, right? So that means at one time or another, every other doctor you meet wanted to quit at some time or another. I mean, they always do, but they're unhappy. They use words like trapped and, you know, you know, lost my autonomy, things like that. So that's just doctors. As I, as I tell, talk to attorneys, you know, I talked to an attorney, he said, look, none of my colleagues know how to run a business. So, uh, so I wrote the book and a lot of people started calling. They'd actually been calling even before that. And so, so many have asked for help that it sort of brought me into where I, I'm trying to run a program. I run a mastermind and I put out content for them just, just to try to help because a lot of people are searching. They want to know what to do, where to go, how to think about it, you know, the mindset of an investor, who to talk to, who to trust, things like that. So that what happened is I ended up having three jobs, you know, my real estate job, my doctor job, and then this growing sort of information education. And uh, I liked all three of them, but something had to give. So I was practicing medicine for free. My last four years, I did pretty much for free because I didn't work much. I made just enough to cover overhead. So I needed the time. And so that's, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there looking for some kind of guidance. They want to have hope. They want to know they can do it too. Yep. Yep. Love it. You have, um, you've, you started investing pre 2008. That, that's correct. Right. Yep. Yep. So you've dealt with the recession, um, let's talk. A lot of people think we're potentially heading into another recession or, you know, eventually we will, whether it's coming soon or not. Uh, do you have any lessons that you learned over the last recession that you, th- that you feel are valuable for the listeners? Sure. You know, and I, I've been, I've been through two. So I was investing before the crash so of you're, 2001. You're investing even then. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I followed the advice of, you know, the experts, right. You know, those, if you say, I, I, I invest, I got a guy, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So I was following that advice and, uh, you know, I had things in stocks and I, I followed this, the star mutual fund guy and, you know, watched all that stuff go to, you know, get cut in half. And so, you know, the lesson I learned in 2001 was really try to make sure you have control of your own investments and I had no control over stocks and mutual funds and things like that. And a lot of, a lot of other counterparty risk in that. And a lot of, a lot of people getting paid whether I did well or not. And so yeah. that tainted me a bit. And so I have, um, uh, just below zero in the stock market now. Uh, that's, that's not bad. Not that it's a lot of people have done very well in the last 10 years. Yeah, so right. I've done everything right, but, uh, I've put it elsewhere. And so I just being in control of your, of your assets was helpful. Uh, as 2005 and six, seven came along, you know, some of the people I was hanging around with were warning in 2004 and five, that there was this funny thing called a subprime mortgage. that might cause trouble. Heard it. I listened, not sure how well I heeded it, but, uh, sure enough, all that stuff came true. And in the, 2008 recession, you know, I learned one, it's really good to have some dry powder. Uh, and I, I thought I had some, but you know, you can sort of, you can only predict so much of the future as it started happening, had a pretty good idea what was going to go flat or negative if, if anything, but what was still going to keep, uh, paying me money. And I was right about the ones that were going to go flat. And I was still wrong about the one that I thought was still going to pay me money. So, you know, it went flat as well. So that, you know, the, a lot of the income stopped for a while. 
Uh, and I had, I had a lot of mezzanine debt out to people that I had personally guaranteed. So what happened to me was I had to go to my bank and get multiple banks, get lines of credit. Cause this debt was, you know, this was a while back. This debt was at 18%. Yeah. Uh, so I went to the bank and I don't know if it was four or 5% at the time I took out lines of credit, paid off my investors plus interest. So all my investors got paid and got made whole. That put me in a bit of a hole. And so I missed, you know, I missed the first part of the sale. Uh, and so, you know, so that has, that has made me be very cognizant of having some, some good liquid, good liquidity for when things happen, because, you know, it kind of goes up slow and gradual and you know, the drill, the bears, bears go out through the window. Right. So when yep. it drops, it drops fast. Yep. So I've got mine in some, you know, secure, maybe, maybe real, maybe a inflation hedged stuff that I can access if I need to. So, and another small lesson was that, you know, there's always, there's always, you can always borrow money, right? Well, not necessarily in 2009, there was a time for about six months where, man, you couldn't get, you couldn't get a loan, even if you were Donald Trump. Uh, our, 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 our lender just left a big project, left a you know $23 million project and just bolted and said, sorry, we're not going to give you any debt. So got to be really careful. So extend your debt as long as possible, have some dry powder and, uh, and it's, it's never different this time. It, when it goes bad, it goes bad. So. And you, like you said, it goes, it can go bad in a hurry. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah it goes Not, bad. Really it can't, fast. it will go bad in a hurry. Will. Yeah. It's going to, when it goes down, it's going to go. So we're at this time, you know, this is being recorded in 2022 here, February, 2022. We are at, High inflation, I think, uh, you know, seven seven point five percent inflation year over. Uh, actually, you know, it's funny. I did the math because we always think about what's happening today, right now, and inflation is very high, right? But I did the math, and and uh, we would have to have eleven percent inflation for two years, twenty twenty two, all of twenty twenty two. It'd have to average eleven percent. Twenty twenty three would have to average eleven percent, just for us to average three percent over the last fifteen years. Wow. So, so wow. we had just such a long extended period of no inflation or very little inflation. And now we're seeing this high inflation. People are freaking out. But in reality, we got a long ways to go to catch even 3%. But I, I digress. That's That wasn't my question. Uh, inflation is happening fast, fast moving. You mentioned dry powder. Um, you know, what's, what's happening in this market you can't predict the future i can't predict the future no but, but what are you doing right now anything anything different anything special that you feel like you're doing right now um and do you feel like there's potentially a, a recession on the horizon or are you bullish where, where are you at well my crystal ball is so clear when people ask me when the next recession's coming i tell them 2017 so yeah. i've been wrong ever since right um <laughs> I don't know when it's going to happen. It, yeah. it doesn't take a brain surgeon to know it's going to come at some point. That's yeah. life. That's, you know, life that's is waves, right? Uh, but, you know, I'm, so I have always, always said I dug a foxhole You know, I started this after 2008. So uh, almost all of my debts, non-recourse. Uh, I uh, have a few things that are paid off. Now that's not good velocity of money, yeah. but I'm okay with that, you yeah. know? I uh, paid a few things off just because 
you know, you develop a little bit of conservatism. I'm, you know, you look at my Colby score and I'm a, I'm one of those entrepreneur quick start types, but uh, kind of beating the conservatism into me. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that I've got some, you know, I consider that real estate that's paid off sort of my real estate gold. If I need to, I can at least pull out a little bit of equity yep. to live on. Uh, yeah. I, I'm i I'm a proponent of paying off your personal debt. So I, I, we're, we're, we're very close and we're working on paying off our personal house uh, because I just, you know, if stuff happens, I want my, I want to be able to live there still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's never really yours. The government still has it with taxes. No, true. But, you know, if true. Still you got to pay the taxes, but. Got to pay those. That's uh, but so, yeah, so, you know, personal house has been paid off. Uh, all my, all my business debt is non-recourse. And mm. so uh, that's, so that's nice. I've got money, you know, I've got, I, I now have some precious metals, whether you're a gold bug, I'm not a gold bug. I just, I have some, right. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'm just, I have now access to capital. If another sale happens, I'll be ready to go. Yep. Uh, making sure I've got enough liquidity for that. So nice. I like it. Um, what's, what's a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? How can you give our listeners some advice there? Man, I've made so many, uh, you know, you look, I mean, I, for sure, I can promise you, I've looked at the prospectus and only seen the upside and just invested and not checked out the sponsor of the deal. That's, and yeah, that's and of course it, I got the type of return I deserved on those. Uh, um, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the main, I mean, I did some, I bought an apartment complex once you, these days I'd probably do pretty well with it, but I bought it before I knew what I was doing. So, you know, lesson being get, you know, get your education. People always ask me, what do I do first? I said, start getting educated, listen yeah. to podcasts, read some stuff, at least know a little bit. And if you don't know enough by yourself, go partner with somebody smarter than you. Yeah. You know, half the pie is better than all the pie. If you can, you know, keep, keep, keep from losing the whole thing. So, and that's, that's, that's the prospectus, you know, looking at that versus looking at the whole picture. You didn't, you didn't educate yourself. You just looked at the pretty numbers and the pretty pictures and said, Hey, let's do this thing. Right. I can promise you. Yeah. Yeah. I've made, I've made them all. They're not all coming to mind, but I've made, I've got enough years in me. I've made most of the mistakes, you know? So, um, yeah, you got to protect the downside. Got to use Warren Buffett's one now, you know, laws one and two don't lose money. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, you got, I, I do use those rules. I've, I've broken them a few times. I'm really good. I can lose my own money. Never lost investor money yet. Yeah. So, uh, and that's the power of a team. We have a big team that makes, that looks at every angle. Uh, that's, uh, that's why I'm a big fan of teams. So yeah, just always assuming things are going to, are going to go well. Uh, uh, always assuming I have made a lot of assumptions that everybody has the same level of integrity as me. Not that I'm, you know, uh, Captain America, but uh, you know, check people out yeah, and spend the 2,500 bucks or whatever it's going to cost to do a background check. Yeah. Because I have been burned. I can yep. promise you that, you know, one's in jail and one was raided by the FBI. So uh, I've made those mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so important. And I, I agree. I'm, I think most people uh, myself included, obviously you, I just assume that everybody operates a clean, clean house, you know, and, and that's just not, the truth unfortunately money 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 magnifies a lot of stuff and if there's, a, <laughs> there's a little devil inside it'll be a big one if there's big money involved well that, yeah yeah very very true there um give me two two keys 
for your success? Two things that you've done, two things that you do consistently that have really made you the success that you are today. You know, two things popped to mind right away. Um, I sort of have this, these core values of there it's adventure connection and growth. And it's number three, the growth is always try to do something, something small, something every day to be better at something, you know, even if it's physical, even if it's one more push up or, you know, or read one more article or listen to another podcast, just a little bit of growth because you get that compound effect over time. So that has really worked for me is, is to just try to learn something new every day. I was, I was reading about the CPI right before you came on. So yeah, it was seven and a half yesterday. So you know, a little bit of something. Sometimes it just gets tucked away, never gets used, but that all that conglomerates and it helps you move forward. And it it's in there. Your subconscious is stirring that stuff around, helps you make better decisions, helps you converse better and learn more in the future. And then the second thing for me has been, uh, I guess under a broad umbrella would be network, but pretty much team and partners. Yeah. You know, I've had, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll put partners under that big umbrella because I've had good partners that have helped me leverage my time. You know, if you're a busy professional, you don't have time to go do all this stuff all the time. Uh, Nice to have somebody else. But other partners of mine have basically been mentors. You know, people like I, like I explained, the guy said, man, I want to, I want to know what you do. I really like it. And so, and I sort of paid for that with time and effort. And so, um, you know, learning from others and learning with a team has, has really benefited me a lot. I, I claim that my success is because I've had some really great partners and really generous mentors. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. I mean, when, when you open yourself up a little bit to, to teams and, and working with partners and uh, mentors, a lot can happen. Of course, like you said earlier, make sure you uh, verify the types of people they are uh, because that's the last thing you want and who you hang out with is who you really, what you're, um, who you become, I guess, or, or who people perceive you as being. So if you're hanging out with somebody who's not making good decisions and that's who you're doing business with, that's who you're going to be perceived as. Um, that's uh, I made a very big conscious effort to try to stay away from those people as much as I can. Right. And on a positive note, the people, you, as you say, you have, Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Right. So as you spend time with people that, you know, as you're growing yourself, Yep. Uh, just whatever, as you're just growing, you'll find that your, your associations grow and, and, and you'll have different associations. And then you'll find that there's a lot you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And so you start realizing there's more opportunity out there. There's more things to do. There's cooler places to vacation, you know, different yeah. experiences you can have different types of investments. So, uh, you know, as long as you can provide value to other people and, and it's just a real comfortable thing, it's, there's nothing better than, than interacting with other people and working as a team. Yeah. I love it. Um, all right, Tom, a couple, couple last questions. What's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Um, I got several, but the most recent one I read was, uh, Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy's book, the gap in the game. Gap Fabulous the game. book. Yeah. It, um, you know, it just basically deals with perspective. And, you know, I tell you, as we talk about professionals or people that are out there making a lot of money for their time, right. Uh, yeah. it could be any profession. Uh, typically kind of a type A kind of group. And, uh, you know, we've all got these goals. And if you put this time goal that says, I'm going to do X by this amount of time, if you don't reach it, you're a failure, right? Air quotes up here. Uh, 
And what I liked about the book was, you know, and that puts you in the gap, meaning I haven't reached where I really wanted to be. But if you, if you just look backwards and see where you came from, you should be really proud of yourself. And that's just, it's just a great thought process. And Dan Sullivan's such a bright and experienced guy that that was a, that was a really good book. So that was, that was the most recent favorite. Yeah. He, he writes, a, he's got a lot of good books out there. A lot of, a lot of great information. I love, I love how he, he uh, utilizes other people uh, to write his books essentially. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's uh, also very genius of him. Um, all right. So last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Ah, interesting. I would say education, teamwork, and persistent action. Love them. And I just thought of those three right as you asked them, but that's really top of mind. I, but, but that's the beauty of the question is that, that that's where you just gave me your three pillars and those are the true pillars. And, yeah. and those are all extremely important if you yeah. want to achieve uh, great success. So Tom, <clears throat> Ben, uh, this has been, been awesome. I uh, really enjoyed talking to you and I love, I love your journey and I love that you just had this mindset shift as you were you know, going through school and just becoming this doctor and you're like, Hey, there, there's, there's definitely more. So just been a great, uh, it, it sounds like a, just a super exciting journey, uh, for you. I'm sure there's been plenty of bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, you've told a couple, uh, uh and spared us uh, of all the gory details, but there's, there's, I'm sure there's been plenty. Um, but it's been a lot of fun uh, talking to you and hearing about your success, hearing about what uh, you've gone through. And uh, I know inspiring to myself and my listeners. So how can people reach out to you and learn more about what you got going on? Sure, sure. You can email at hello at richdoctor.com or tom at richdoctor.com. And then the website's uh, richdoctor.com. So happy to, happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Tom, again, really appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.